Welcome to the Dare to Pivot podcast, a resource for inspiration and encouragement while you're on your path to purpose. The Dare to Pivot podcast is hosted by Wakia Hayward, that's me, and Barbara Wade, two middle-aged sisters who are passionate about having honest, open conversations with each other and special guests about faith, transparency, and living a life of purpose. The Dare to Pivot podcast is rooted in the Christian faith, and we believe that we are all made for a reason and with intention. However, it's up to us to pursue our purpose. By exploring the four foundational pillars of DARE, which are decisions, actions, results, and evaluations, we're hoping that women will be motivated to actively pursue their own purpose journeys. Join us as we learn together that it's never too late to be great. Welcome, ladies, to the Data Pivot Podcast. Um, my name is Wakia Hayward. I'm your host. And this is Barbara Wade. Whoop, whoop. And today, our special guest is Mia Hunter-Willis. Mia uh, is a child of God, first and foremost. Um, she's a wife and the mom of hats, which is, <laughs> which is sort of funny. So uh, welcome, Mia, to the podcast. We appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I mean, I've been geeking all day about it. And <laughs> good. Yes. Everybody, yes. I'm like, my like, ooh, y'all like, I'm gonna be interviewed. Y'all better wait. You yes. gonna have to go ahead and click on this podcast because yes. you know it's gonna be everything. Everything. Tell everybody. Love your energy. Now. Love your energy. Yes. yes. <laughs> Tell everybody. Tell everybody about it. So, Mia, you know, uh, Barbara and I have had an opportunity, you know, to talk to you briefly, but please just um, share with the ladies. Who are you? Why are you here? Who am I? No pressure. So, you know, as the intro said, I am a child of God, and that is something that I've been learning how to embrace over these past couple of years, because it's one thing to call yourself a Christian, another thing to call yourself a disciple of Jesus Christ, and a whole other thing to call yourself a child of God, because, you know, when you call yourself a child of God, that means that there are certain privileges that come with being a child. You know, you can't just go up to anybody and ask them for stuff or ask for help. But when you think about the parent-child dynamic, that means I can go to my daddy for anything. And so that's, that is the identity that I am really starting to embrace Mm. right now in in this season of my life is being a child of God and everything else comes into alignment when that first identity is solid. You know what I'm saying? Like when you are comfortable with who you are as a child of God, then all the other hats that you wear, whether it be a wife, a mom, a CEO, what, whatever you do, everything else will just come into, everything else will be better as a result. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Absolutely, absolutely. So you mind truth. explaining the hats part so we don't get people yeah. <laughs> not focusing on all these wonderful things you have to say by introducing your children. <laughs> yes, so I have four children. Woo, yeah. I, I still say woo every time I say that because it's like, oh, you on the, you woo, keep- child. It's like, I have a minivan. If I have one more, that means we got to, you know, level up to a passenger van. But um, so the hats are Hunter, Amber, Tyler, and Summer. 
Those are our two boys and our two girls, not in order. So Hunter is our 14-year-old son who will be 15 in July. Amber is my kindergartner. Tyler is my sixth grader. And Summer is my second grader. And so we call them the hats because it's just easier to shout, hats, come on, let's go, than to try to figure out different names whenever we're trying to get out the house. Because we're always going somewhere. It's, it's, a, it's a football practice, <laughs> dance recital. It's we're always going somewhere. So instead of tripping over the different names, I'm just like hats. Let's go, and and it's worked. It's, it, it works so that well. tells me a lot about you already. You're about efficiency <laughs> <laughs> and doing what it takes to get the job done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Quickly. Some, sometimes you just have to. You know, my, my dad used to say, "Work smart, not hard." Right, right. And, you know, instead of dealing with all these shenanigans, it's like, mm -mm, we're just going to cut out the middleman and let's go. Let's just do this. Well, you've done the hard work. Yeah. We have four children. So <laughs> there you go. Everything else Say needs that. to be just a tad bit easier. I'm on your side. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's good. It's good to have allies. It's good to have allies. <laughs> very true. Very, very, very true. Well, you true. got very two true. right here. <laughs> So we invite you on a, on a podcast. So what is that thing? You know, obviously we always talk about, you know, we want to be able to most motivation and, and inspiration. What is that thing for you? Like, what is that? Walk us through. Okay. So my, <laughs> mo my mo I mean, honestly, you know, it sounds cliche, but my kids are my motivation. I know some people decide they're going to conquer the world when they have a child saying, oh, I want to be amazing. I want my kid to go back and say, well, mommy did 10,000 different things when she had me. She didn't allow being a parent to stop her from achieving her own goals and dreams. I kind of flipped that on its head and say, I don't want my child to say, wow, mom was so busy conquering the world that she didn't set aside time for me. Mm. And in our dynamic and my family dynamic it was it made more sense for me to step away from the working the paid i'll say the paid working world mm -hmm. in order to do this for my kids because i was a working mom for a few years so i i get it i've done i've done both where you know you're packing lunches at night and you're getting the diaper bags ready so you can take you know baby girl baby boy to the sitter in the morning so that you can get to work and have your you know, do what you need to do in your office and then, you know, communicating with your significant other, who's going to pick up whom and who's got dinner. I've done that. But for us, it wasn't working. And it was a very hard reality because the way that I was brought up, I, I my mother worked and was proud of, she's, a, she's an ama amazing one, amazing woman. And she was always saying, do for yourself be able to take care of yourself. Um, don't rely on your husband to be able to take care of you, come together as a unit, but be able to support yourself. So when I made the decision to abandon that for this season, it was a very hard pill to swallow because I'm going against decades worth of teachings or my upbringing in order to do something that was completely opposite of what I grew up with. Wow, what was the profession that you that you left? So I was a teacher. Okay. Um, I was, 
a professor at community college teaching history and I loved my job. I like, there is nothing, I shouldn't say there's nothing. When you decide to become a teacher, nine times out of 10, it's because you genuinely enjoy teaching and helping other people to learn and to master material. And I found that when I was in the classroom, I was on like a thousand. It was so, it was like that adrenaline rush. It's like, ooh, I get to go in here and teach something that I'm really passionate about in a way that connects with my students because everyone has had that one or two teachers that just made a subject boring, made you hate it. And you're just like, well, oh it was usually history. It was usually history, ma'am. So the fact that you're saying <laughs> that you was doing all these great things with history, you already show it off. Because I'm telling you now, when you're talking, I'm thinking history and math. But go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, like I had I had a math teacher, my I'll never forget her. Her name was, can I say her name or am I gonna get in trouble? Well, no, it doesn't matter because she's not in my life anymore. Miss <laughs> Novak, my <laughs> my ninth grade algebra teacher. I she made it so that I did not like the subject. And she made me feel stupid. She made me feel like I could not master the material. And I questioned what was wrong with me. And for a long time, I had a phobia of math. But then I had a new math teacher, Mr. Embry. He was my geometry teacher, who just opened up a whole other new world for me in another type of math. It was like, you're not stupid. This person did not take the time to learn how you thought and process the information and to help you get from point A to point B. So when I became a teacher, I was just like, you know what? I want to reach those students that don't like my discipline, because there's a lot of students who don't like history. And I also want to show them that there's something there for them. You don't have to like all of it. But if I can reach you right where you are, then I feel like I've done my job. If I've made you consider my discipline in another way and respect it, then I've won. Oh, That's awesome. Yes. That's awesome. So Wakia asked what you retired from, what you pivoted away from your profession. So how long, at what point did, was it the number of children? Was it the ages of the children and how did that whole that how did you make that transition Woo so um i was on child we had two children at the time my boys hunter and tyler and like i told you i loved my job and everything was going well and something inside of me said i want another baby mm. i want a girl i want to go for the girl now, mind you, if you knew me 20 years ago, it, it, it would blow your mind seeing me today because I didn't want children. <laughs> and I, you know, I met my husband, who's an amazing person, and something changed and I wanted to become a mother. And so um, when we decided to plan this child, um, there was a lot of things that were going through my mind. I was just like, you know, can I manage it? you know, what is this going to look like? We're going to be outnumbered now. Cause at first I thought we were going to be two <laughs> and through, right? You know, like, mm -hmm. 
vacations are made for four, right? You know, you see all, all right. the promotions. Oh, Disney <laughs> vacation for two adults, two kids. It's, you know, it's great. You can still have that family, uh, you know, that four door sedan and, and be great. But I wanted a girl. I wanted a girl so bad. I started to pray for a girl. Mm. And when I found out that I was pregnant, I named her Summer. My, I was like, my husband's opinion don't matter. Like her name is Summer. <laughs> and I started talking to my belly and calling her Summer. I had the boys calling her Summer before we even knew her gender. And as I continued to work, I was plotting in my mind, how can I make all of this work? Mm-hmm. How can I have three children, maintain my school schedule, support my husband in his career and remain a balanced individual. So all these things were going through my mind. Meanwhile, summer was born in January. (laughs) So there's snow on the ground and I'm having to name my child summer. But anyway, Mm -hmm. so um, I remember giving my last exam in December of 2012 and being huge waddling around the hallways of of the school and thinking, you know what, women do this all the time, right? You know, you have your child, you take your your, um, maternity leave, then you come back, you make childcare arrangements, you work it out, you plan and you work it out. Mm -hmm. And when I had her, it was such an overwhelming, overwhelming experience. Um, She had some medical challenges. Mm-hmm. And when I was offered another semester's worth of work, I said, I can't do it. I said, my daughter needs me. Mm-hmm. She had to have therapy every single week of her life for almost the first year of her life. Mm-hmm. And so trying to work out a schedule because you know when you're a teacher it's not like other professions where you could say oh if I'm not in the office it's okay you know I take my leave and it's whatever it's you know finding a substitute trying to work out lesson plans to share with someone else and in the community college system you know you have a semester to get everything done it moves really fast Mm -hmm. and it would be a disservice Mm -hmm. to my students to only give them part of me And it would be an even bigger disservice to my daughter to say, you know, this is the gift that I asked God for, right? Right. Like I prayed, I was like Hannah, you know, crying. (laughs) Like people saying, is she drunk? What's going on? Like, I want Mm -hmm. this baby. And so how could I tell God, you know what? You gave me this gift, but I'm going to put it to the side for a minute so I can finish doing me. Mm-hmm. And so that was, to use your term, a big pivot mm-hmm. in my life. Um, they, my my old boss, the department chair, she, you know, after that semester passed, you know, we're getting into the summertime. Mia, do you want to come back? And I said, Nah, you know, I no. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you for keeping my position open. Cause that's another thing, you know, when you are in the um, community college system, because the majority of the staff are adjuncts, 
there's a list of people who are waiting to teach your course load. Mm. And I said, no, I'm not coming back. Mm. And it was huge. I thought it was going to be for maybe a year or so, to be Mm -hmm. honest. I said, okay, you know, I stay home with her. I take care of her. I nurture her. I make sure that she becomes the strong little girl that she's supposed to become until I can secure childcare um, with someone that I trust. And then Mm -hmm. I'll go back into the classroom. And a year went by and I found out that I was pregnant again. And I said, oh, okay. (laughs) That's what we're doing. Okay. And God blessed us with Amber, our other, our second daughter. She's our little unexpected gem. But when we had her, that was another point where I said, okay, I hear you, Lord. This is where I'm supposed to be. My children are supposed to be my primary ministry. I'm still a teacher. Mm-hmm. And I get to have an audience of four. Mm-hmm. They, I have their, well, I shouldn't say have their undivided attention because that doesn't always happen. <laughs> Conceptually. <laughs> yes, yes. But I get this opportunity to help shape them in a way that mm-hmm. I might not have been able to if I was still working oh, full-time outside of the house. And... Absolutely. It's, it's, an, it's a renegotiation every single day because I, I don't want your viewers to think that, oh, that's so wonderful. It's all magic and butterflies and unicorns mm-hmm. and they're riding off into the sunset and this is just, you know, great. Every single day, it's one of those things where I get up and I say, okay, Lord, daddy, you gave me these children. Mm-hmm. Help me to parent them well because I'm not feeling it today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or there's mm-hmm. days when I wake up and I say, you know what? I miss being in the classroom. I saw that there's an opening at this school. Could <laughs> I apply? Because they're looking for more virtual teachers mm-hmm. due to the pandemic. And he has to remind me on a regular basis, daughter, I got you. Mm-hmm. This is where I need you right now because you don't know who you're raising. Mm-hmm. You know, one of my children could be the next big fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. We don't, we don't know. And that's, and, and that's not to say that if I had returned to the workforce, that that wouldn't be the same scenario, but it takes on a different spin while I'm here, because now my responsibility in my mind is even greater because he's given me the privilege of staying mm-hmm. home. Cause I recognize everybody can't do that. Mm-hmm. True. You know? financially it's not an option for everyone and so that's why I take it very seriously that's why I grow I I feel like I do more work now (laughs) that I'm home Mm -hmm. than I did when I was working outside of the house because there you know there is no sick leave (laughs) right Right. when you're a stay-at-home parent so I I, I really have to, you know, that that's the thing that I ask for grace about all mm-hmm. the time. I'm like, Lord, give me the grace to not get an ad, have a temper tantrum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
when things mm-hmm. don't look the way I want or when I said, Lord, you told me, I thought this was only going to be a two year situation. I was, I was mentally prepared for that. It's been <laughs> eight years. What is the deal? Right. It's been eight years now, ma'am. It's been eight years now. It's been eight years now. Summer wow. turned eight in January. Wow. It's, wow. it's been eight years and it's, it blows my mind sometimes when I think about it. And when I look at her, I'm just like, wait a minute. Wow. She's what, what, what I find interesting about it though, is that even though it's been eight years, you mentioned how you was, you know, looking at things, contemplating, you know, uh, going back and forth with God about going back into the classroom being virtually, you know, just, you know, last year, you know, during the pandemic, right. obviously, right. When, when, when virtual teachers were so much in higher demand. So it's amazing to me that even after all this time, you're still wrestling with that, that, that the guidance that God gave you eight years ago, like, you know, to sit home and, and your priority is your children. Like you're still having to check in with him repeatedly to be like, okay, Lord, are you sure that you still my priority? <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's real because, so our plan was after we had Amber that I would go back to work once she started kindergarten. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had this timeline because, you know, we all, we all make our own plans, right? Yes, so I had this timeline where I said, okay, awesome. She will start kindergarten this year. And so I can start preparing my package for, you know, jobs. Let me clean up my resume. Let me get ready to interview. And then we have this pandemic, this worldwide <laughs> pandemic that just comes in around March of 2020. And I have this moment where I'm like, wait a minute, Lord, I thought that you had released me to <laughs> go back. <laughs> but again, I think that's the part that is challenging for us as believers. It's, you know, we, we always say, oh, wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord, wait. But what does that look like mm-hmm. practically? You know, it, sometimes it isn't the, okay, it's settled in my spirit and mm-hmm. I'm good for years on end. Sometimes it's a renegotiation where you say, okay, <laughs> <laughs> like you said this, but I thought I heard you say that. So right. um, can we have a refresher course on right. our plan? And right. that's where having faith in right. God is so critical, so crucial. And I think sometimes we downplay what faith looks like because we yes. say, you know, like I used to tell my Sunday school kids, we're teaching them about faith. We said, well, you know, when you sit down in a chair, you have faith that when you sit down, that the chair is going to catch you and you're going to be fine. I said, well, now, now that I'm an adult, my idea or my understanding of faith has to grow. And to yes. understand if the Lord says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains, but do we really trust God mm-hmm. to do those huge right. faith building moments? And that is something that he has been teaching me over these, you know, over almost a decade is daughter, do you have the faith for mm-hmm. these bigger things? Mm-hmm. that I've already shared with you, mm-hmm. but it's not the time yet to release mm-hmm. you into it. So, mm-hmm. so you know, I was sitting here thinking about when you said that, right, was that truth, 
that, you know, the Bible says that if we have faith in the mustard seed, we remove mountains. But in most cases, we're not asking God to move a mountain. <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. The mountain is not our issue. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The mountain is not our issue. Like, Lord, we fine with the mountain. Leave the mountain there. I need you to do this. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so I just think, I just think to have that faith in real time to actually say, um, because I, I, as I'm listening to you, my, my, my thing would be, okay, Lord, I've had these babies, and you're right, I've prayed for these babies, and I love my babies, and I'm so grateful and thankful for these babies, but who am I, Lord? Is this it? You know what I'm saying? Like, this, yeah. is this it? Like, is this, is, is this my whole call to action? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and not that there's it. nothing wrong with that. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that, but it's just, it goes back to what you said initially. It's not part of the plan. It wasn't the plan, though. Right. And the, yeah. and the other piece with that that I've that he's revealed to me over these past few years. So like I shared with you all earlier, this wasn't how I was brought up, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, you know, I'm a, a child of the 90s where, you know, graduated from school, I have got my degrees, you know, I'm doing big things, I have my own, I'm independent. Um, and a lot of the women that I surrounded myself with were the same way, you know, very educated, highly motivated, doing, phenomenal things. And so when I chose to get married and start a family, they weren't in that space mm-hmm. of their life yeah. yet. Yeah. And so there were times where I was just like, wow, you know, I'm kind of lonely. You know, the, the friends that I had from that part of my life, they're still my friends, but they aren't front and center anymore because I'm not a part of that same circle yet. But here is how wonderful God is. So in the midst of all of that, you know, being the first to get married, the first to do these, you know, grown, (laughs) I like to say, Mm -hmm. when you have to sign someone's emergency care form, you're you're officially grown, you're responsible for somebody else's life. But what started to happen was when they started to get married Mm -hmm. and they started to have children, I was the one that they started to call Mm -hmm. because they didn't have anyone else in their circles anymore. And so God redeemed the time for me by showing me that the expertise that he gave me over those few years of being a wife and a mother and navigating those spaces, it wasn't for nothing. It's not that I'm not just teaching my children. I'm also being a teacher, if you will, to my friends because Mm -hmm they didn't have anywhere else to go. And so they said, wait a minute, you know, Mia has a kid. Why don't I call her? Because my child keeps crying and I don't know how to put them to sleep. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, this whole potty training situation, like I'm reading every single book Mm -hmm. on the, on the issue and nothing is working. Why don't I call her? Because yeah, I could call my mom, but she's how many decades removed Mm -hmm. or, Mm -hmm you know, some of the the church mothers, again, removed. Mm -hmm. But here I have this resource in my friend who is going to tell me the truth Mm -hmm. and who is also going to speak encouragement into my situation because she's already been there, done that, Mm -hmm. and wants to see me succeed too. So, you know, it, it goes back to like, you know, that Titus 2 principle, right? Where we're saying we need to bring, it says the older women need to bring up the younger yeah. women, but it's mm-hmm. not just about um, age and chronology. It's right. also about maturity and where you are Absolutely. in your life. 
I mean, it's like we need to take those same principles that we employ in corporate America where you have, you know, mm -hmm. the seasoned CEO who has a mentee to bring them up, take them to lunch, talk to them. Where do you see yourself in five, 10 years? How can I help you get there? How can I train you? We need to do that in the kingdom. We, we, we don't do the best job. The world is kind of beating us in that area. Hmm. We need to come around each other, be honest about some of our struggles, because that's another thing that, that, um, that cult of perfectionism, we need mm -hmm. to tear some of that stuff down and say, all right, sis, when I had a child, I thought it was going to be, you know, sunshine and rainbows. But let me tell you, I was exhausted. Mm -hmm. And this mm -hmm. is how I figured out how to navigate this part of the process. Why don't you try it? It worked for me. Let's see you try it too, because I want you to be the absolute best at what God has called you to do. And mm -hmm. mind you, a lot of these friends weren't of the faith, but that doesn't mean that you can't share faith principles. Same principles, right. Sure. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So speaking of principles, the question that has been coming through my mind as, as you have eloquently shared um, just this wonderful motherhood journey is what do you think about the phrase, I can have it all? Ooh. <laughs> Oh, it's such a loaded term. I think that we can have it all, but not all at the same time. Thank you. And we, have to, <laughs> we have to be honest about it. You know, I mean, I think again, it's that whole, we have adopted the world's understanding of what it means to have it all. What is all? Does all mean, you know, having that McMansion with, you know, two cars and the amazing job. Also, what is your all? And if yeah. we continue to look at having your all as uh, achieving certain things at a certain time, at the same time, then we're always going to fall short. Always. Some part of our life is going to suffer. I mean, it, it's, it's inevitable. You can't do everything well all yeah, of the time exactly but um yeah have having it all is smoke and mirrors right and, 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 I, and I, then, I think it's a, go ahead go ahead, Barbara. go ahead no go ahead, go this, ahead. no no that's fine I won't forget. this is your point look okay, i won't you forget, won't forget. <laughs> <laughs> okay i was gonna say i, I, I was to say i think that it's, it's important too to realize that um having it all is based off what you deem it to be right, right. for you what you deem all to be would be to be there and be present with your children. Like that's what all looks like. You know what I'm saying? That's good. And yeah. so it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, um, but even in that space, there's a cost for all. Like there's a cost. Like none of this stuff yes. is without a cost. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Because once you say yes to one thing, you're totally saying no to something else. Yeah. Right. And in all, that's what that means. What are you right. going to say yes to and what are you going to say no to? Right. That's major. Because I mean, sacrifice. Right. You True. know, in order to get that degree, you sacrifice time. Okay. Right. In order for me to get my degree, I sacrificed time hanging out with my friends. Right. right. But at the right. end of the day, I, there was a goal that I had. It was a long-term goal and I reached it. If I had not sacrificed that time to study, prepare myself, then I would not have reached that goal. Right. And so, um, when you say what define your all mm -hmm. that, that is major. And again, we try to define it based off of what the world says is 
is all, and that's where we get tripped up. And then that's when, you know, now, you know, we're seeing all these situations where people are like self-care, self-care, what are you doing to take care of yourself? <laughs> well, you know, if you define your all and means that are, all right, I, I don't want to say easy to navigate, but um, that makes sense for you in that moment. Mm-hmm then we wouldn't have this rash of mental illness. Um, all of these, you know, horrible things that are happening to women with our health mentally and right. physically. And then, right. you know, it all starts to kind of fall down when we've placed everything on an unattainable definition of all. Right. Right. True. And I think that's the gift that a child of God can give to other fellow believers and non-believers is that candid conversation and you may have to use different words depending on someone's faith tradition to to help them be a little bit more comfortable and open but the principle is that um a child of god a woman child of god with wisdom can bring so much peace and freeing uh, messages to other women because you're helping them identify something that it may take them a lifetime to learn. And by the time they've learned that, they've either shortened their lifetime or they've shortened or diminished their quality of life. Uh, Relationships have been altered. The possibilities of a healthy relationship have been altered. And that is such a huge price to pay. And if you're looking at it in retrospect and you're saying, oh, now I see where I may have obsessed in this area and been you know, a little negligent in that area, it's hard place when you're looking in retrospect. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's so much more um, life-giving and fulfilling to be in that season where, sis, I'm going to tell you, hey, you already have it all. You know, you have so good. You have your faith, you have your health, and you have this family, whatever this family is. And from this place, you can continue to um, grow and change and build your life in happiness. It's just not going to be able to incorporate all these things, and all these things are things that compete. Yes. Um, you know, and there's some realities that things are going to compete because no one has more than 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. No one. So there's some things that God put on a level playing field. And I do believe it was intentional yeah. because <laughs> I haven't seen any exceptions for one. That's my proof. Right. There are absolutely no exceptions. Right. 24 so, hours. This must be crucial. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Everybody has this, you know? Um, so it's just some things that are are not going to be negotiable. So, um, let's just, you know, grow from this place with this reality. And I think as, as, as we more mature, uh, women of faith get more comfortable with that and realizing that that is our truth, that I have navigated somehow up hills and valleys and I've come to this place, but I recognize I'm here. And that is certainly a gift to offer to other women at any age. 
honestly. And it's not about sacrifice and diminishing your light and, you know, um, not being ambitious and uh, Ooh, that being one an, right there, being an underachiever, <laughs> and, you know, um, drinking, drinking a Kool-Aid and, you know, all these little negative worldly comments that can creep in when someone doesn't quite understand your choices. I think, you know, to me, that's when people say things to you, say they don't understand your choices. Um, but the, 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 the more we share that, I'm praying, honestly, that it is just, even if it's just one woman at a time, that she begins to live her life based on a plan of quality. And it's a plan that she and God put together. And as uh-huh. you've spoken, we don't receive every tidbit of it. <laughs> Very with with enjoyment all the time. Yeah, yeah. with enjoyment. But certainly, he confirms for us that it's not a mistake. Right. And he still got you. And he'll. I think it's a wonderful plan to only show us a few steps ahead at, at a time, because Lord knows if He told us at the beginning, we would have bailed. You know, we would have punched I'll that ticket. Bail. You know, we would have said, "Okay, well, I don't need you, Lord, because I don't like that." Right. <laughs> Say that again. Did you believe we'd be like, is that really? Is that what you what you're taking me? And we would have, some of us, I'll speak for me, would have said, no, sir. No. (laughs) You know, you know that you know you know that reminds me of that reminds me of that whole Jonah and the whale thing, right? Like it Mm. makes so much more sense why Jonah ran away. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Because the moment God laid the whole thing out, you're like, "Mm -mm, no. I'm not into that. Jonah gets a bad rap, right? Because everyone's like, oh, how could you do that? The Lord gave you an assignment. How dare you go? I'm like, well, guess what? I guarantee that you have a situation where the Lord told you to go right and you went left and you said, and you can't make me turn around. But um, there was something that Barbara said earlier. It just reminds me that we have to do a better job of validating each other not based off of what the world says but based off of what the word of god says because you see if we understood better and rehearsed who we are as children of god then all these you know struggles with who am i what am i doing comparing you know ourselves to other people keeping up with the joneses that would cease to exist because it wouldn't be predicated on what everyone else said. It would be predicated on what God says. And he's already given us the answers. We just don't always want to, we always don't want to hear it. Yes. And then also just reminds me of, you know, how do we define contentment? Mm-hmm. Mm, um, good, good one. You know, we're, we're always chasing after something but the lord tells us to be content Mm -hmm. and too often um we think that we we make contentment synonymous with being lazy or Mm -hmm. unambitious or or, you know all these other things when that's not what he meant at Mm -hmm. all Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you know we've just got to do a better job of reaffirming each other every step of the way saying you know if the lord told you to do this and you're being obedient to what the lord told you to do then you're exactly where you are supposed to be it may not be where i'm supposed to be right but that's why he's made every single one of us unique exactly because our pathways are all supposed to be specially designed for what he wants us to do here exactly so so let me ask a question then in, in in that space is that how do you, 
how do you um, validate yourself? You know, go through that validation process when you're the one, because, you know, a lot of times, like, like I'm thinking about when you was wanting to go back into the workforce and then all of a sudden the pandemic hit and you're like, okay, Lord, what are we doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, how are you talking back to yourself to try to say that, okay, but God has still chosen me for something. Like this is maybe, mm-hmm. you know, this is, I'm still here to do something else. Like there is still something, you know, I, I'm still important. I'm still relevant. Cause I think that's where I would struggle more than anything else, right? Is that to, to be in this space and not be that, that, um, I, I don't know how to, how to phrase it. I'm gonna say like this, this, this worldly successful person, you know, whether doing something in the workforce, that's, that's what I'm looking for, doing something in the workforce um, and still feel like I haven't just laid down my strong woman card. Does that make sense? Yeah. Even though back yes. in the day, Big Mama was like our strong woman, so it was okay. Like that's what strong women look like, right? But then somewhere up in there, we've entered into the age of Beyonce. She told us, "Go out here and conquer the world." Yeah. So, ah. <laughs> so we're all rushing out here, and while we realize we can't have it all, um, a lot of people, and even I can even say myself, at least when I was younger, was prepared to lay down. Um, not as I, I think in truth, my heart would say, my my heart would say, I didn't. I didn't just forego my, my child, but I, as I look back on it now, I can see where there's areas I was saying, okay, wait right here. Let me climb this ladder. Let me just get one more ring. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So how have you been able to stay focused? And I guess, Barbara, this is a question for you as well. How have y'all been able to stay focused and still say, this is what I'm going to do and still be true to yourself in that moment? Like, you know, Mia, would you decide to stay mm-hmm. home? Maybe I'll stay home, mom. And then Barbara, you obviously pushing forward. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. in corporate America like how has that how has that worked and what has what are you saying to yourself so for me it was surrounding myself with other women mm-hmm. who have already done what I'm doing mm-hmm. it's having yeah. it's having that Elizabeth mm-hmm. right remember when yes. Mary was pregnant and she went to go mm-hmm. see her cousin Elizabeth and they're going through you know pregnancy together it was it's I shouldn't say it was it is because it's a constant peace right having women around me that can reaffirm me because they're either going through it or they've already gone through it and have done it well okay because mm-hmm. i don't don't try to speak into me if you did it and <laughs> feel like mm-hmm, no 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 right, I, I, don't right, want, right. I don't want you <laughs> it's like i appreciate you but your uh perspective doesn't help me mm-hmm. um there are a couple of women and I, i'm seeing their faces right now who have just poured so much into me because they truly have walked where I've walked before mm-hmm. um, and continue to encourage me. It's being honest with my husband. So I know I haven't mentioned mm-hmm. him like this whole discussion. He's mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but being honest with him and saying, you know, I'm feeling this way right now. I am not trying to be... Um, unappreciative of what you've done for our household but I need you to understand where I am mentally right now so that we can work through this together because you you're my partner right I should be able to share these things with you because you make me better I make you better we are a team so letting him letting him in instead of shutting him out and saying, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, you all know what I'm going through. I'm here with these kids, wham, 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 all that kind of stuff. No, 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 no. We got to put our big girl panties on 
and be mature in looking at how we're feeling and making sure that we are being honest with our significant others. Um, I also, and I know you can have Jesus and a therapist. Honey, you better preach it. We all got, we all got them on this line. You got at we least one. You yeah. got at least one. When I realized that there was something else going on, mm-hmm. I had to have a hard, you know, conversation and say, you know what? I think I need help mm-hmm. because I've tried everything and it's not working and come to find out therapy mm-hmm. is amazing. It is. it is cool to be mentally well. <laughs> Who knew? All the, all the cool kids are doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, all the cool kids. All the cool kids. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't negate my faith in Jesus Christ. And that, that's the other piece. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. we get so spiritually minded that we forget that the Lord sends doctors into our lives to help us be well. Not to just put a slint on our arm, a splint on our arm, but also to help us with those things that are going on in our minds. Mm-hmm. And, and my therapist helped me realize that I was not crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, maybe a little, but it's okay. Yeah, you know, it's a healthy dose. It's a healthy dose. A healthy dose, exactly. exactly. So, all those, so all those things, so having, you know, so having mentors, mm-hmm. surrounding myself with other people that reaffirm me, and then having mm-hmm a medical professional and all those other things like if you go into my closet it might it's a mess but you know I have scripture mm-hmm. posted all over my mirror mm-hmm. and yeah. I change them out to remind me okay Mia these are your affirmations this this is who God says that you are mm-hmm. even if you're not feeling it 100% right now mm, this yes, is the yeah. truth mm-hmm this is yeah. the truth of the matter. So good. So good. Yeah. So so yeah. good. And it's so wonderful that you're still having to go through this today, even though, you know, you're, because I think what most people would think, and Barbara, I know you jump in, please. I think most people would think that, you know, you've been going through the, you've been a single mom, on, I mean, no, you've been a stay-at-home mom now for so long. So these feelings that you're feeling should have, you know, this is stuff that you should have dealt with when you was like, in, your children was two and three. But the fact that your daughters are eight, you know, you're, you're um, your daughter is eight and you're still summer is eight. And so that means Amber is what, seven, six? Yeah, she'll be seven so that, on her birthday. Mm-hmm. Right. So that means that you're still dealing with it. Like these are constant. You know what I'm saying? Because it goes against your initial plan. You know what I'm saying? Like yes. that's what this fight is all about. The fight is never about God's plan. God had a plan the whole time. It's because you had a plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yes. plan and a deviation. Yes. And you keep and you can't let go of the deviation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that's so fascinating, but I think it's so, I think you've given some really good tips about, you know, one, you know, me and Barbara are, are, are advocates of the sister squad. We believe in a sister squad. Um, <laughs> and, and obviously therapy, you know, we love, we love that. We just think it's really, really important. And so to be able to say that that's a thing, even when you are a stay-at-home mom, like it's still a thing. Right. So I think you've really given some women some freedom to realize that wait a minute, I may not be crazy. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. I mean, it's so it's so huge because I mean we we put on this mask of perfectionism and we've learned how to wear it, wear it so well that mm-hmm. sometimes we blur that line between reality and make believe. And mm-hmm. I think in the Christian community, especially in the black community, we um 
we're so used to being bad by myself. I'm so strong. I'm every woman. I can do it. All these things are great, but let's get down to the nitty gritty. Sometimes you need help. Mm-hmm. We all need help. And maybe if we were to get help and receive it mm-hmm. more often, we can be better for each other. Cause it's just like, you know, that analogy when you're in the airplane and the masks come down, they tell you to put your mask on first before you can help someone else. Well, if I'm still gasping for air, then I cannot help you <laughs> with your mask. I can't save you if I am not taking care of myself. And that, uh, that goes for whether you're at work or whether you're at home interacting with your sister squad or with your biological family. Mm-hmm. If you are not well, mm-hmm. then you cannot effectively mm-hmm. help someone else or you can only go as far mm-hmm. as, as you are. And, and, and I just think we do ourselves such a disservice trying to be all things for all people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do it. And I have no idea where that came from. And men, women, people, but I think women absorb it the most um, because we, I think naturally, we have a lot of roles. One, because we naturally have the responsibility to birth children. And then when we don't even birth them, we're given the responsibility of other people's children. So whether it's natural or otherwise, just that yeah. nurturing component that God gave us, which was not a mistake, that um, somehow we take that to the next level that we have to do all this with some level of perfection. And so I'm not sure where that came from and I don't want to give that any more time, but I do know that it is a concept that we battle with at least some component of our life, whether it's perfection in how we look, perfection in how we sound, perfection in how we make money, perfection in how we raise our kids where we live. I mean, it's just, it's gonna appear somewhere and I don't really know where it comes from. But um, dispelling that um, can be a lifelong pursuit. And um, I think, God uses so many opportunities to help us break that sooner than later. I mean, I I just know for me personally, if I say, hey, if I had listened that I didn't have that stress and that pressure, I I see now that it was all (laughs) self-inflicted. Like nobody, I cannot, (laughs) I don't, I don't have any memory of anyone saying, Barbara, you have to be perfect. Honestly, I didn't have, now I know some people have parents that did that, but honestly, I don't have one memory of someone telling me that that was the measure, that perfection was that measure. And so it was all self-inflicted pressure. And I really don't know where it came from and it's a lie. And um, it's just... So maybe let's just say it'll appear just by osmosis from somewhere else. I don't know, <laughs> but it's it's in there somewhere. And um, God, I think, uses so many opportunities to help us dispel that rumor, to see that it's a myth because one, he doesn't want us to be perfect because then there wouldn't be any space for him. Agreed. Yes. And Agreed. he wants to be in this journey with us. 
Otherwise, how will we get the little crumbs <laughs> to tell us what path we're on to do the work that he has for us? If we knew all that and knew how to do it, then there would be no reason for him. So I know True. he didn't do it that way. <laughs> I know that True. was not the plan. Uh, so it's just so important that we share this message that um, the world's message, even depicted in church, <laughs> we can see it played out in church, Come right? On. You don't, you don't need a therapist. You don't need a squad. These are the only people, you know. This click. Go to your you in the church. Go right. to the pastor's wife. Yeah, all that. Be in the inner circle, or else you don't matter. You know, mm -hmm. all of that. All of that is 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 just a lie. And there's enough work for all of us to do. That my goodness. Um, we achieve a sense, once we achieve a sense of ourselves and we allow God to keep telling us what that next step is, it's going to be in a squad. It's going to be in relationship with people where you will be, you have the opportunity to be the mentor and the mentee. You know, that's the circle of life always to be learning and then to help others learn. And um, just that grace that I think he teaches us in relationships, um, just sharing in other people's hurts, helping them to heal, helping them to see God's grace in their healing, all of that, all that relational stuff, just, it would not happen if anybody was perfect. It just, it just wouldn't happen. There wouldn't be anything to do. <laughs> How about that? There wouldn't be anything to do. Wait a minute, I'll sit there. Hmm, you did that well. Well, thank you. You did that well. Oh, well, yes. You did that well. And so we can sit around. Irrelevant. Boring. And, and you Boring. know, life, and you know, life is exactly the total opposite. Like people are hurting. And and for your instance, uh, Mia, I'm thinking there are parents that I work with that would love to have been the expert teacher this past year. Yes. They would have loved to have been. So their cries at night were that they had a job outside of the home that they had a conflict in their heart of how to provide for their families and still allow their children to learn in virtual learning space. I don't have the aptitude, the patience, the desire to teach my kid and I feel like a horrible person yes and there are plenty of adults I assure you that in 2020 they had that reality check and it hurt them to the core there was nothing they could do about it because nobody knew we were going to have a pandemic I didn't know that these teachers would no longer be taking my children. I didn't know that I really don't understand third grade math. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I didn't know I that I can't stand being with my children more than five hours a day. I didn't know that existed because we'd set a pattern where that wasn't even a thing. That's real talk. And um, so where you are, I hope you, and I do sense that you do, but just know that God does have you exactly where he needs you to be for this time. Yes. And it has been beautiful harmony, not even having been in your home. I know it has been in harmony 
that hundreds, probably thousands of parents wished that they had the courage to be obedient because some of them, God did tell them to restructure their homes. Some of them were told and some of them, they were put in a place where they didn't even know that this was a thing. Yeah. It's never been a thing. It's never, who, who knew public schools would ever be closed? Who knew my private school that I'm paying for would ever be closed? Hello. They just never imagined. And so you, God orchestrated a universe in your household that others have scrambled this past year to try to emulate and they struggled. And you, you've been successful at it and you didn't know why you didn't know when and all of that other stuff. But now it can be an example to folks. It really can be. It really can be. Amen. Well put. I appreciate you. I appreciate all I look like. <laughs> that was so good. That was so encouraging. Thank you, Barbara. <laughs> I mean, like for real, for real, because it's it's one of those things where you you know what you're supposed to be doing and you know you're doing it, but it's the thing where you're not gonna have a boss that comes and gives you the employee of the month certificate. You're not gonna, you know, get those accolades. Mm -hmm. yes. But that's where settling in your heart and being content mm -hmm. comes into play. Yeah. Because like you said, who knew that we were gonna have a pit? Who knew? Who who knew? And and you know, um, my heart goes out to those thousands of families. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I see the Facebook posts, mm -hmm. social media, you know, rants, um, things from my friends and family. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that has been something that, you know, I've had to, you know, talk a couple of people off the ledge. I'm like, you know, if I could bring your, if, if I could bring your child into my house, I, I would, but, you know, this is our bubble <laughs> and I'm trying to maintain a safe environment for my family. But, you know, if there's anything else that I can do within reason mm -hmm. to help you, if it's mm -hmm. doing a FaceTime call with mm -hmm. your child because you're mad and she's mad and you're mm -hmm. both mad and you're going at it, going at it and you just need a pause. Mm -hmm. I can be that pause mm -hmm. for you That's or, wonderful. you know, you're trying to navigate this new system. Mm -hmm. Well, give me about an hour and I can look it up and help you and walk you through Absolutely. it. That's so, such a gift. Such you know, a so gift. Just like being able to help, you know, those friends and acquaintances when they started their parenthood journey, mm -hmm. I truly believe that this was just another just another notch on my belt right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. absolutely this is like you know all of that because i i had friends and family who were just like well you have all this education and now you're gonna stay home you know was it worth it and i'm and for a while i was just like oh i do but because i had it mm -hmm. it has allowed me to navigate yes this environment yes, yes better than some of my contemporaries so it's you know god god's amazing he's he a great sense of humor can you imagine if he told you just whisper mia 2020 everybody 
is going to be trying to do what you do. And then mine is going to go. And you'd be like, no. No. Lord, I still want to go back no. to the classroom. Exactly. I oh, still want my job. Exactly. Lord, I want to go back to where I love yeah. my job. He's like, me, I'm going to, he said, I'm going to sit them all down and I'm going to shut them all in. Yeah. Let's talk about I'm going like, to sit them down and shut them in. And you're going to be like, okay. Yes. Okay. Like, and so, you um, were telling him he was crazy. Right. You're like, no. It's like but I, I think that's the thing that makes it so fascinating, though, is because you're right, Barbara, right? Was where she was literally positioned for this space. And yes. I think, you know, as being, Barbara and I both are, are parents of adults. So I, we're, we, we are believers that, you know, when you are a great, you know, you, you, don't, you won't get that report card to your parent, your child is an adult, because yeah. then you can sort of see the fruits of your labor. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you can see it all come to fruition. Yeah. So I think that there could easily be in a time, like right now, that when, by the time your children are adults, your children will come back to you and say, mommy, like there was a point where I was struggling here, but because you was here, I was able to move, you know, I was able to get this space. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I was like, but you, obviously you may not know that until mm-hmm. then, because that's when mm-hmm. it's all, that's when it's all going to come out in the wash. Mm-hmm. But because God has not only just orchestrated your path, he's also orchestrated the path of your children. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So therefore he's had to put everything into place. You know what that's I'm saying? Because sometimes your biggest role is a support, is a supporting cast. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just reminds me of this book that I read um, called Anonymous. Mm, and it was okay. talking about the life of Jesus Christ, right? And it's like, you know, he was anonymous for, you know, 30 years before he had mm-hmm. his three year long public ministry, what have you. Mm-hmm. And the author was just sharing, you know, are you okay mm-hmm. being anonymous? Mm-hmm. And it's almost like mm-hmm. it's in so our good. nature to want to be seen all True. the time, to be the, the focus, the center of attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but through all of this, you know, I have to learn that being anonymous is one of the best mm-hmm. situations because you get to move in and out mm-hmm. of situations. Moving, it's it's like I like puzzles. I like to put together puzzles. I'm kind of like it's before, and I was kind of upset with the pandemic because all the good puzzles were sold out because everyone decided <laughs> that they wanted a puzzle to stay home and have. Anyway, it's my little, mm-hmm. but it's almost like. He's taking these pieces. When you're anonymous, you can move these things around so that they fit together. Mm-hmm. And then people kind of snap to it like, oh, wait a minute, it's already been done. Or this is put together. And so now my path is it's laid out. Is laid out. So yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. job. We Good appreciate job. you. Yeah, we t- we we totally do. So it it just because I want to make sure that we're we're staying on time. Is there anything else in you that you would like to share with the ladies? I think you've given already some really great tips um, just with the whole navigating. Mm-hmm. Nav- yeah, I guess, you know, especially become understanding that, you know, your journey and God's journey and being obedient. Like, I love your obedience. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? The obedience and the courage it takes to be obedient. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, even when it doesn't feel that way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Even when it doesn't feel like that, you know. I mean, so is there anything else you feel like you would like to share with the ladies who are in your situation, whether they are faced with it, they have children now, and they feel like God has told them maybe to sit down and become a stay-at-home mom, or they're just faced with something that that is out of the ordinary, right? Where it's something different, and now they have to sort of go against the grain. Because obviously, that's what you've done right now, right? You've gone against the grain. Yeah. Um, I would say embrace it. Mm-hmm. 
don't fight it. Mm -hmm. um, it's when we fight against it that we do become like Jonah <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, and make it harder on ourselves. Um, and it's, it, it's gonna be okay. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we just need okay. that reassurance that it is going to be okay. I know it sounds trite, but you know, even as I think back on different moments throughout my parenthood journey, you know, there are times when I didn't think I was going to make it out of a certain situation, like how I shared with you about um, Summer's health situation. I really thought, oh my goodness, how long is this going to last? Mm. And everything is okay. Mm -hmm. We're good. She's good. Awesome. And just really embrace those moments because, you know, staying with this same um, scenario, it gave me an opportunity to have some wonderful times with God that I wouldn't have had otherwise. Mm -hmm. I remember um, when the weather broke, being able to take her out in the stroller and walk around our community listening to different podcasts that continue to put the word of God into my heart. Because let's be honest, when you have a seven month old going to Bible study, unless you have <laughs> childcare there at the church or so you can watch your kid, you're not paying attention because that baby, you know, is climbing on you. So I lamented not being able to participate in certain church activities, mm -hmm. but God gave me new ways to experience him. Right. right. I wouldn't have had or discovered or thought of if I had remained, you know, in, in the other situation. So mm -hmm. yeah, just, it's, it's, it's going to be okay. Find joy in these moments they're yeah. gonna fly by I mean like I know my I know your children are adults and I'm not there yet like my like my my oldest child he won't be an adult for another three years technically according to him he already thinks he's an adult but, um, I tell it'll him, come it'll come faster than you think I mean, yeah it already feels like it and, and I look at him and I'm like oh my goodness he's gonna be out of my house in like three years no, he probably won't, but that part's not true. Finding joy in my time with them mm -hmm. and understanding yeah. that our God, when we, when we ask him, he is more than willing to show us different parts of him. Yes. We ask him and say, yes. Lord, show yes. me who you are as my father. Show yeah. me who you are as my provider. Show me who you are as a friend. Mm -hmm. Oof. Show yes. me who you are. Yes. Yeah. And I I want to learn about that so that I can share with those who are around me who you are to me in those mm -hmm. different situations. Because yeah. you know, God's not a one-trick pony. You know, he's got a lot up his sleeves and we do him a disservice by only relating to him mm -hmm. as Lord. 
when he's so 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 much so much well i encourage you you you're gonna have a wonderful time even experiencing that with your children i think that is so exciting showing them how god shows up for them and for you that is very exciting season so enjoy enjoy yes yes well thank you so much for for joining us today we really really appreciate it you've been outstanding absolutely (laughs) thank you thank you thank you for the open heart